Crave, it's good to see you. I'm excited to be back after being away last week. Uh, and I wanted to dress tonight as we start our series, Life of the Party. I wanted to dress like the ultimate life of the party, Taylor Stenhouse, who I believe is in the house. Yeah. Guys, Taylor crushed it last week uh, on Jonah 4. If you missed that, check it out on our podcast, Crave High School Ministry, available wherever podcasts can be found. We do have a podcast, Crave High School Ministry. Check it out. Tonight, we're starting a series, Life of the Party. And I just want to get kind of a feel for the room. Who here would say, I am the life of the party? When I go to a party, I'm in the mix, I'm in the middle. I'm, I'm, okay. There's some hands I'm seeing that are not a shock, not a surprise. Okay. Flip side, hands down. If you go to a party and you hang out in the corner petting a dog or a cat, and that's just your speed, let's see those hands. It's okay. There's nothing wrong with that. And final, final round, if you would never even go to a party, like, what is that? Just let me see those hands. Totally okay. No problem. No problem. Uh, regardless uh, of whether you're in the thick of things, you're the life of the party, whether you never go, this series will have application for you. School starting back, that's kind of like a party, right? Mixed results, that's okay. Um, but as we go into the series, I want to hit you with our theme verse. We started doing theme verses, and I don't know that I've done a good job of emphasizing this. I want to challenge you to memorize this verse. Internalizing scripture can help you when you're in the middle of a situation. I think God can call that scripture to your mind. And so the, the theme verse for life of the party is Romans 12 too. I gave you a blank handout for tonight. So jot down whatever stands out to you. But if nothing else, the reference, Romans 12, 2, let's read it. Paul writes, don't copy the behavior and customs of this world, but let God transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Then you will learn to know God's will for you, which is good and pleasing and perfect. It is so easy to just get caught up and go with the flow. We have a ton of sayings like, hey, just go with the flow, right? The nail that sticks out gets hammered. Hey, just, just chill. And I'm just telling you, Christ follower, as you get ready to embark on a whole new school year, don't just go with the flow if that's out of line with God's will. We just believe we're called to something better, something deeper, something more, so you don't have to copy what everybody else in the world is saying or doing. Now, each week of this series, we're going to have a different theme that goes with a, a different traditional party game. And tonight, if you haven't already noticed from your handout, is Truth or Dare. Who's played Truth or Dare? Anybody? Okay. Anybody have any really traumatic stories about that? We can, we can talk about them later. Has anybody seen the Blumhouse classic film, Truth or Dare? Let's put that movie uh, poster up. Anybody seen this just absolute riveting masterpiece? If you have not, I'm being facetious. Save your 100 minutes. It's not worth your time. Uh, I, I wound up watching a lot of this movie on YouTube over the last couple weeks getting ready for tonight. It's real bad. But uh, Truth or Dare is a pretty common concept. If you've never heard of it, basically you sit around with a group of friends and you get to choose truth or dare. If you choose truth, you're going to be asked something potentially awkward. It's usually like, do you like him or her? <laughs> And you have to tell the truth, right, because you're playing truth or dare. Um, and if you choose dare, uh, whoever is challenging you is probably going to come up with something crazy. Uh, I played this game when I was younger, uh, and I licked a full foot of school bus floor. Um, if you've ever hung out with me, you know I hate losing, and I think they thought they were going to beat me off that. 
surprise, I did it. Um, and, and you can do a lot of, of crazy, wild things in the game of truth or dare. Would anybody like to come up and play right now? I figured there would be a few. I actually banked on you, Peter Gaspich, but no, we're not, we're not going to do that. I'd like to keep my job. So we will not be playing truth or dare tonight, nor do I necessarily encourage you to do that in small group. But I want to talk about truth predominantly tonight because I think we have kind of a weird relationship with truth as a society. Uh, we say things like, I'm just speaking my truth, or I'm living out my truth, or hey, what's true for you is true for you, but what's true for us is true for us. Like, truth is relative. And I'm just here to tell you, I think that's absolute garbage. I think there is knowable, absolute truth. And the world says, well, hey, it's relative. You do your thing. I'll do mine. And I'm just telling you, I think there's some truth that we can grab onto that is solid, that doesn't shift or change every couple years, depending on what's in style. We also have this piece about truth where we just don't like to tell it when it's not convenient for us. And we go, it's not that big of a deal, right? I'm just telling a little white lie. I'm just sparing someone's feelings. I just want you to know that if you want to be a person who follows Jesus, you have to be a person of truth. Look what Jesus said about himself in John 14, 6. It's a verse that we just sang in our last song. Jesus told him, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one can come to the Father except through me. Now, this relative truth thing is something that shows up in the conversation when it comes to world religions. Well, hey, these people passionately believe this, and these people believe in this guy, and they believe in this. Hey, so long as it's sincere, right, that's okay. No. Jesus says, I am the way. Man, Kevin, it seems like you're being really mean and exclusive. I'm not trying to be mean, but, but Jesus is exclusive. I believe he's the only way that any of us can be saved. I don't say that to slam your friends who don't believe in anything or, or follow a different religion. I'm just telling you, Jesus says, I'm the only way. That's the truth. Sometimes truth is not a comfortable thing, a convenient thing. But Jesus cares about truth. If you go back to the Old Testament, into the Ten Commandments, we'll put that up for you. Exodus 20, 16. This is the ninth commandment. It says, you must not testify falsely against your neighbor. Phrased differently, Stop telling lies about people. That is something that we do with regularity. And here's what we'll say. It's just a little harmless gossip, right? It's just a little white lie. I'm just getting caught up in it. And I just want to tell you what it really is. It's character assassination and it's sin. Whether you're the person saying it or not, if you're standing by while this is happening, gossiping and lying and just throwing somebody's name under the bus. That's sin, and you need to repent. And it's going to be so tempting if school starts back the next couple days, for those of you who have already started back, to just go with that flow because it's, it's comfortable to be in the group making fun of somebody because if I'm in the group, I'm not the person being thrown down. And when we're testifying falsely, when we're lying, when we're gossiping, all of that is sin. And Christ's follower, we are called to something better than that. Look what Paul says in Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to skip over my book image for now. Ephesians chapter 4, Paul says this. Since you have heard about Jesus and have learned the truth that comes from him, throw off your old sinful nature and your former way of life, which is corrupted by lust and deception. Instead, let the Spirit renew your thoughts and attitudes 
Put on your new nature, created to be like God, truly righteous and holy. And then we'll throw up verse 25. And I think this is the one, if I was taking notes, I would jot this down. Ephesians 4, 25. So stop telling lies. Let us tell our neighbors the truth, for we are all parts of the same body. Hey, if you've heard this truth about Jesus, it's time for some of that old stuff to go in your life. I don't know what that is for you, but I know we all have something. And it could be that you're not a person of integrity. You're not a person who's honest or truthful. It's time for that to go. We need to tell the truth and be a people whose yes means yes and no means no. When we lie and lie and lie and lie, it's bad because we do that about other people, but it damages our own reputation. Now, lighten it up a little bit. I want to show you guys a relic from my childhood, and we do have a picture of this. We can put it up on the screen. Anybody read the Berenstein Bears when you were little? I'm stunned. I thought this was something mostly from, from my childhood. Um, you watched the TV show or the movies? I didn't know that was so much a thing. Um, I have always remembered this book, and you can see it on the screen, The Berenstein Bears and the Truth. The story basically goes, brother and sister bear are kicking the soccer ball in the house, even though they've been told not to, they knock over the lamp. The whole story is basically right here on the cover. And then when mama bear comes in, look, look at that look on mama bear's face. Some of y'all have seen that look from your own mama or papa bear. Uh, she's not happy, and they concoct this wild story about this bird who flew in through the window, and it was the bird's fault we didn't do it. And then papa bear comes in, and they tell kind of the same story, but all the details change. You know what this is like when you start lying. It's like, oh, snap, I forgot all the details. What did I say? What do I do? It's not a, it's not a great story. In the end, of course, they learn to tell the truth. But I just want to read to you, if you remember these books, there's always like a little kind of pithy takeaway at the very beginning. It says this, no matter how you hope, no matter how you try, you can't make truth out of a lie. I've just never forgotten this book. I know it's really silly, um, but, but it's always stuck with me. Hey, no matter how much you want it to be true, if it's a lie, it's a lie. A lie can never be true, so don't miss that. Tonight, I want to look predominantly at Acts 5, 1 through 11 with the time that we've got left. If you've got a Bible, you can turn there. If you want to scroll there, that's cool. Acts 5, 1 through 11. And we're going to look at a couple who dared to not tell the truth. This is a, this is a pretty hardcore story. If you're not familiar with it, uh, we'll read a little bit and break it down as we go. Acts 5, we'll read the first four verses. It says, There was a certain man named Ananias who with his wife, Sapphira, sold some property. He brought part of the money to the apostles, claiming it was the full amount. With his wife's consent, he kept the rest. Then Peter said, Ananias, why have you let Satan fill your heart? You lied to the Holy Spirit, and you have kept some of the money for yourself. The property was yours to sell or not sell as you wish. And after selling it, the money was also yours to give away. How could you do a thing like this? You weren't lying to us but to God. Okay, so the first couple of verses make it clear. They're both equally in on this. Like Ananias is no more guilty or innocent than Sapphira. They decide we're going to sell some land. We're going to give part of the money to the church, to the apostles who are doing ministry. And then we're going to keep a little bit back for ourselves. They, they come up with this plan. But Peter, man, look at the language he uses here. He says, why have you let Satan fill your heart? We frame it as just a little white lie. Nobody's getting hurt. Peter says, Satan fills your heart, liar. 
You see the difference? That's it's a pretty big deal. And what he tells them is, you really had two layers to this. He said, it was your property. No one made you sell it. Like, that was your choice. And then once you did sell it, you didn't have to come and tell us, hey, here's all the money. You could have come and said, hey, here's 90% of the money, and we kept 10% back. That would have been cool. But instead, you chose to lie. And what he says is, you didn't lie to us. You lied to God. Never miss this, that when you break fellowship with a person, when you sin against someone else, you are also sinning against God. Man, that's some strong language. It gets stronger. Let's keep reading. Acts 5, 5. As soon as Ananias heard these words, he fell to the floor and died. Everyone who heard about it was terrified. Then some young men got up, wrapped him in a sheet, and took him out and buried him. That's pretty serious, right? Like, hey, Satan filled your heart, liar. Bam! He's dead. It's not over. It keeps going. After they take the body out, his wife comes in. We keep reading Acts 5, 7. Three hours later, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. Peter asked her, was this the price you and your husband received for your land? Yes, she replied, that was the price. And Peter said, how could the two of you even think of conspiring to test the spirit of the Lord like this. The young men who buried your husband are outside the door, and they will carry you out too. So three hours later, she comes probably looking for her husband, and she gets her chance. Peter's like, is this, is this how much you got for the land? Yep, that's it. They're so concerned with the appearance. They're so concerned with putting on a good face that they lie. And Peter says, hey, they buried your husband, and now they're going to come for you too. Let's keep reading. Verse 10, instantly she fell to the floor and died. And when the young men came in and saw that she was dead, they carried her out and buried her beside her husband. Great fear gripped the entire church and everyone else who heard what had happened. That makes sense to me. Like, this story scares me 2,000 years later. These people lied to God and they died. If that was the consequence today, we would be the most truthful people. We would never lie. But they lied to God. They sinned. And you just have to hear me on this. Our sin has consequences, and it's serious. But we do this thing where we just go, it's not a big deal. God will forgive me. It's not a big deal. God will forgive me. Taylor talked about this last week from Jonah 4, that, that we do this thing where we go, well, because I know I can be forgiven, it's okay for me to continue to sin. And it's, it's just not okay. It's an abuse of grace. I want you to hear me say this. You can lie to everyone in your life and fool them. You absolutely can. Some of you are really good liars. And I won't ask you to raise your hand because that's really not something to be proud of. But you know you're good. You can, you can spin a tale. You can keep all the details perfectly in line. You can tell that same story over and over and over, no matter how many times you're asked. You're a good liar. You can fool your parents, right? You can fool your small group leader. You can fool the people in your small group. You can fool me. I'm not that smart to begin with, but I see you for just a little bit of your week. And you can come in and you can act a certain way. And so many of us do this. We show up at church on Sunday and just like, Sometimes we dress up for church, we, we dress up our actions, and, and we act a certain kind of way, and you can have me fooled. And this is why I tell our small group leaders all the time, I'm not concerned with good kids. Like, that's not the goal. 
Most of you come in here, you act like pretty good kids. I don't, I don't want good kids. I want transformed hearts. Romans 12, 2, let God transform you by the renewing of your mind. He'll change the way you think about everything. But you can come in here and fool us. You can spend the rest of your life going to a church, whether it's Brookwood or somewhere else. You could fool them. You could show up for every trip, for every camp, every Sunday, Wednesday night programming. You can serve, you can go to small group, and you can be living a lie because your heart is far from God. It's my greatest fear. It's my greatest fear that you would walk out of here after four years in our ministry and maybe even think that you know God, but you don't because you've been living a lie. The funny thing is you can tell a lie so long that you begin to believe it. You know what I'm talking about. You've told that story over and over and over and over, and you begin to go, yeah, yeah, that's what happened. But deep down, you know, it's just not true. It's a lie. You can fool yourself. You will never fool God. You will never pull one over on him. You'll never slide one by him. That's not how it works. I want you to ask yourself a question. Am I a person of integrity? Am I a person of integrity? Phrase a different way, does truth matter to me? If I were to go and ask your closest friends, your family, hey, is this person truthful? Are they honest? Are they a person of integrity? What would they say? What would you say about yourself? And again, you could have me fooled. I don't know. But I, I challenge you to wrestle with this question some this week. I'm going to invite the band to get ready to come on back up. As they're coming, I just want you to, to think about a few things. Uh, Christ follower. Are you committed to truth? Like, are you honest in all of your interactions and the things you say? Are you truthful? Are you committed to Jesus as the truth to the point where you're going to take a stand on that no matter what anybody says? We live in a world that is at times very hostile to what we believe. And they say, this book that you say you believe is ancient and it's outdated and it's old and it's just not true. And I'm telling you, that's where our faith comes in. We say, we believe what God says over what the world says. So instead of coming to the Bible through the lens of culture and saying, well, the Bible's outdated and it doesn't line up with what's popular, we look at the world through the lens of Scripture and say, God gets to determine what's true and everything after that the chips can fall where they may. Christ follower, are you a person of truth? Person in the room who doesn't know Jesus, I just want to share with you this truth. I think this is the truth. Jesus loves you, even if you don't love him. As they killed him, he said, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. So if you are angry at God and you want nothing to do with him, you're just here to hang out, you don't know him, Here's some truth, whether you like it or not. He loves you, and he sees you, and he knows you, and he wants a relationship with you. Jesus came into this world. He put on human flesh and lived a perfect life, died and rose again. And the Bible tells us he's coming back. I find that truth so encouraging to know that no matter how bad things get in this world, Jesus is coming back 
At the beginning of John 14, he says, I'm going to come back and you can be where I am always. That's a truth that all of us can grab onto if we've placed our faith and our trust in Jesus. So I'm going to pray. The band's going to play. And I just invite you to sing if you want to sing. Pray if you need to pray. Do business with God. And then when you get to small group tonight, just be honest about where you are as you walk through those questions. Let me pray. God, thank you that we get to be here in this place. Thank you that you've given us your word, which is truth. And God, I pray that you would help us to understand that you have called us as your sons and daughters to stand for truth. Even when the world doesn't like it, even when it's unpopular or out of step, your truth stands for all time. Would you make us a people of integrity, a people of truth who are honest, that our honesty would be a testimony to how you've transformed us to be like you. Jesus, you are the way, the truth, and the life. Help us to trust you more and more every day. We love you. It's in Jesus' name that we pray.